Hey everyone, it's been uh, a minute, but welcome back to the UBDL podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dre, of course. Uh, this week I have a guest with me, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Whitey, and I'm playing in the A group. Awesome. Um, Whitey, you've been on here before. He was on our draft episode. Uh, I made sure the audio was perfect this time, so this one will actually be watchable. Um, there's a battle actually happening live right now, so we're just going to watch kind of like the tail end of it, I think. Um, so it's between Scepter, Bird, and Mustard. Looks like, oh yeah, it's the tail end of the battle. Uh, yeah, it's a Haryama getting stalled out by a Blood Sire. Yeah. I don't know, he still has, Scepter still has a chance. I wouldn't rule him out in this per situation actually uh yeah he's gonna outspeed all of these pokemon and he can probably eq the clod right it's just the the bundle that is the biggest problem here if he has a oh he doesn't have... yeah his iron head's gonna one shot probably or one of his moves is gonna one shot i assume if it's um... actually maybe not now that i think about it Maybe not. I don't think it's booster energy boosted. And then... And uh, Iron Bundle has a deceptively high defense stat. Right. Okay. Oh, he earthquaked. What? He outsped and he earthquaked. Why would you... Hmm. That was not the move. Huh. I actually think Earthquake might have done more damage because Iron Head's neutral because it's a water type. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Actually, I I gotta count that mm. just to make sure because that might not have. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Would I have made the same play? Yeah, Earthquake always does more damage. You're right. So, yeah, there's nothing he could have done. Ah, oh, dang. That sucks. I think Iron Head was still the correct move, though, because it has a 30% flinch chance. So, there's, like, no way you win with Earthquake. But if you Iron Head, there's... You have a very small percent chance that you just flinch him down. True. That is true. Ah, well, that was the end of that one. Um, let's go into... So I've been out for a week. I was on a trip. Um, so the power rankings are going to be... We're just going to start off from week four. Uh, from the matches, I don't know if you watch any matches. Have you watched any matches this week? Um, yes, I've been watching. I think, I think I've watched all of them, but I've been watching them as they've been uploaded. So some of the ones that happened first, I might have forgotten about. Got you, got you. Uh, you played an exciting match this week against, uh, I want to say, Sigtar? Yep. Mm, Six-owed. Impressive, impressive. What was going through your head during your match? Um, I was actually really scared of the Breloom because with Grass fighting, Bulldoze for ground, and either Stone Edge or uh, some other rock move, it basically kills all of my Pokemon. 
grass for the Cla- grass for the quagsire, um, rock for the moltres, bulldoze for the um, goldengo, and then mock punch outspeeds and one shots both of my fast Pokemon, the Miascarada and the Cyclozar. So I was like, I actually didn't have a way to deal with it, really. I just had to play around it. And so there's this one turn early on where my Goldingo was in on the uh, Breloom and he bulldozed me twice. I was able to hit him with one Make It Rain. And then if he used one more bulldoze, I would have died. And I, But I switched to the Moltres on the bulldoze he didn't predict it and use a rock move and I was able to um, not die. So if I think if my Goldengo had died there, it would have been a significantly closer match because that Pokemon was kind of like the center for that match. Right. Do you think if he did predict the Moltres and go in for like a stone edge, do you think you still win? Hmm. I don't know because... Moltres was my answer to, was kind of like half of my answer to um, Breloom. And it was also my answer to the Mimikyu. Mm. So it would have been a lot closer, but I don't know if I had would still lose. Fair. fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, let's get into these power rankings. Uh, for A-League, you know... You've been at the top. You've been at the top of A-League. I don't know if you've watched mm-hmm. any of the other uh, episodes. Um, you've been challenged. You know, a lot of people have been saying, like, if they make it to playoffs, they want to go up against you. Interesting. How do you feel about that? Because um, you're still, you're, you're, I'm going to be honest, you're still number one. I, I have you as my number one pick for the entire thing. I'm kind of surprised that I'm doing this well. Um, I think I'm mostly being carried by, like, a surprisingly good roster, not by, like, particularly good gameplay, as demonstrated by last week's match that I had against um, DPAV, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's who it was. Yeah, DPAV. Uh, yeah. Where I, where I played absolutely terribly, but I was carried by my team, like, the good team building that I did. Right. So, I don't know... I don't know what to think about my performance or these challenges, honestly. When you when you look at other players in other leagues, the, the top players, so like Skari or the Florida Squirtles or uh, Stiglord and the Carolina Whirlipedes or the Toronto Talon Flames, uh, do you compare yourself to other top teams in other leagues? Um, I haven't yet. But maybe I should be doing that. Hmm. No, so I haven't really been doing any of that. Okay. In in A League, is there anyone that you in particular would be like, I don't want to see you in the playoffs? Hmm. Let me think. So the other top teams are the Darmanitans and the Pincurchins. Yep. Let's see. I think I should be fine against basically the first thing that goes through my head. I don't know if I should be telling this is that is basically like, can I wall their hazard remover with uh Goldango? And if the answer is yes, then I'm like, eh, should be fine. Ooh. 
Don't tell that to uh, any of my upcoming opponents, though. I mean, you said it on the on the podcast. Yeah. Um, that's that's an interesting. I never, I never thought of it like that. But I'm sure Goldango is not your only. I guess centerpiece. Like yeah. I'm sure you use. I've seen you play. You use every mod effectively, in my opinion. Um. Next up is number two, right? And. I gotta be honest. The last time we were doing these rankings, Sigtar, uh, he was at number two, the mm-hmm. Norfolk Baskillings. And so far, he's lost to Dewey in the Nari Ninetales, and he got six would by you. I don't yeah. think I can keep him at number two. Yeah, probably not. Um, but I don't think. I think for me, against me, it was uh, a pretty rough matchup. So I don't think he's like dropping significantly far down. Honestly, I don't know why he didn't bring his Iron Moth. The like when his his like Sludge Wave or whatever that pa- uh, poison move is mm-hmm. hits my team really hard. I can't switch in the Goldengo because the Fire move, and yeah. I can't switch in the Quagsire because of the Grass move. So my only switch in is like Cyclozar, who gets two shot or three shot. Um, if he had brought Iron Moth, it would have been like probably forty nine percent chance that I win and fifty one percent chance he wins. I think so. That yeah. might have been a team building blunder. I think we've all had that. Um, I'm not too worried. He has some great performances early on in the season, and I think he'll bounce back. But I do agree, kind of, with that assessment. Um, for number two, though, even though they haven't played their week four match, I'm still going to put the DC Darmanitans. Even though they're going to lose their week four match, I'm putting the Darmanitans. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Annihilate and Bax and Enamora seems like a really difficult like trio to handle. Nah. I mean, for me, nah. For anyone else, I could I could see that being hard to really deal with it's a good squad very well put together um next up is the third slot right now we have the uh, pinkertons and so if you've been watching um you know we do the power rankings by kind of like who you've played so far right Mm -hmm. and the pinkertons uh lost the DC Darmanitan, which I agree. In week one, I think the DC Darmanitans was a better team. Uh, it was a better team, so that makes sense. Then they get a forfeit win in week two, so we can't really assess their skill. Mm-hmm. Week three, they go up against the Chicago Charizards. The Chicago Charizards have not won a match. I think they're one of the lower seeded teams this season. And I don't know if that win really like proved that they were that good. And then their yeah. week four opponent, they beat the Nari Ninetales, who lost in week one, got a forfeit win in week two, and uh 
one in week three against a really good opponent. Hmm. And they barely beat them in week four. It was a 1-0 match. I don't... Even though the standings say they're number three, I don't have them at three. What do you have them at? I have to see who else we have. Um, And go down the list. I just don't see... I think there are better teams, if I'm being honest. In fact, one of the teams that I think is is better, the Kinkelders. I think mm. I actually think the Kinkelders are number three. Um, Nikki, you know, has two losses. One was a pretty close match. A close match against a really good opponent. The other one was a forfeit loss due to the time constraint. Swept me completely with... Crazy thing is, I knew in that match, right, that if he set up with Salamance, I was cooked. So I tailored my team to do everything to stop Salamance. And then he uses substitute. And I'm like, that is the most out-of-pocket move on a Salamence I have ever seen because who's thinking oh yeah I'm going to put substitute on my Salamence to ensure I get the dragon dance off it was Mm -hmm. absolutely insane so caught off guard obviously I lose that match I get 6-0'd and that's something like I said like only Nikki could come up with something like that like I I doubt anyone else would have done that so I, I, I have him at number five or at number four what do you think so i think for me i'll put myself at number one the Darmanitans at number two mm-hmm. and then three four and five are probably the basculins the conkelders and the Ninetales, some order of that and then maybe pink urchins i don't know the the exact order though but i agree with you that the conkelders are probably in the uh, like three or four place. Yeah, that makes see uh, that makes sense. Um, I'm gonna put King Helders at four, and you know we have the the stars at one, the Darmanitans at two. I'll put the Pinkerns at five because I still kind of like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then now we move on to the. This is where it gets hard for me, right? Because I want to put the Nine Tails here, but I also still think I'm a better team than the Nine Tails, and I just haven't had my Week Three match to kind of like prove it. And then I also kind of went off on a like a really bad L. But you know, actually, never mind. It's not even debatable. I'm gonna put the nine tails there. So easy. Now it gets hard. For you, were the nine tails uh, fifth or sixth? Uh, I have them at six. Gotcha. I think me and you have basically the same list, but I have the nine tails one place higher than the pink urchins. Okay, that's fair. I t- I I. Um... I'm going to stick with the Pinkerchins, but I could see them being switchable. That's a completely fair assessment. The real question is, 
who is seven. Because when you when you look at it, right? The Magmortars, Deep Have One is not a bad player at all. I just think he's had some really tough matchups. Um, the Lunar Minions are not a bad team at all. It's hard to really pick like who should go in that spot. Myself, I'm not a bad team. I just hadn't I hadn't got to play my match. I was on a trip. I couldn't play my match. So it's like who do we who do I put in that seventh who would you put in the seventh spot? Mm, probably either the Magmortars or you, I think. The Claude Sires. Since I, I'm gonna, I agree. I think I'm gonna put the Magmortars ahead of me only because they played that match, um, and I have to play United, and I don't know how that's gonna go. If you look at the schedule, the Magmortars lost to the DC Darmanitans and to me, so yeah, they've gone against awesome. two really difficult opponents, and both of those matches ended one zero, so they were really close. So like. While their score is slightly lower than other people, they've probably had one of the hardest schedules. Yeah, when I look at their schedule, I mean, it's just... They've had a tough fight. I mean, the the wisdom, the movement scars, it's all right. All right. I'm no disrespect to any team out here, but the women's scars are not... Mm. All right. Um, the... Darmanitans, a great team. They only lost by one. Uh, I think they were your toughest win, actually, in week three. And then even... Who did they play this week? Oh, they haven't had their week four match. I like that. I like them going there. After them, I put myself. And then... Next up, this one is a little bit easier for me. The Ivory Coast and the Minioars. I think have I think they're up there. Would you agree? Um after are you saying after Magmortars and Claude Sires? Yeah. Yeah, well I don't isn't the Kyoto Koridons new? They're a new player with a new team? Yeah, they're a new player with a new team. From what it looks like they have not had I don't even think they've had a match yet. I don't even think you could really fairly like rank them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think after that it's the Lunar Miniors and then for me, then the Whimsicots, then the Charizards. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. With the Kyoto Koridons being unranked. Although Palafin Scizor, Hatterene, that seems pretty good. It does. It does. It's just I have to see. You can have a great team, but if you're not a good coach, it's not going to really mean anything mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, all right, let's move on to B-League. Uh, I have not been keeping up with B-League like I wanted to. Um, Same. B-League is so interesting to me because I'm looking at it and in the previous rankings 
I had Sakari at number one. I had the champ at number one. And uh, I hate to say this. I don't think I can put the champ at number one anymore. I haven't lost faith that she's going to make it to playoffs, but if you look at what Darkie is doing this season, crazy, putting up crazy numbers. If you look at what Pug is doing this season, crazy numbers. What do you think? Um, yeah, I agree. These are having two people that are four zero is really scary for probably everyone else, um, in the group. Um, let me see. So, the Bulldors played against the Poogie Oogies and who else? Who was the other team that they lost to? The Crowbats. Uh, the Bulldors have. Um, they've only lost one game. They beat the Crobats. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I think. Hmm. And they barely lo- the Poogie Oogies. Listen, I hate the name of that team, but that is a, a legitimate contending team. Yeah. And they they played the Mayor Werewax. They played the Bulldogs and won the Renegades, and the Grizzlies. And, you know, it hasn't been like a 6-0 win, but 3 0 it's like... It seems pretty... Like, the only 1-0 was against the Boulders. They still seem pretty comfortable. hmm But if we compare that to the London Lunalos, um... I don't know. The London Lunalas. I'm looking at their first half of the schedule. <laughs> Have they really played tough teams? They played against the Lycanrocks, the Crobats, um, the Knights, and the Palafins. Only one of those teams are even in playoff contention. I think... Honestly, I'm probably going to keep the Boulders at number one. Really? With the... uh, Yeah. Just based on, like, the roster and the fact that the Lunalas have had, like, a slightly easier uh, matchup Mm -hmm. uh, schedule... I believe in the match. I believe in the roster. This is a beautiful roster. It is. It's yeah. That roster is still so impressive to me. But I think the top three is definitely the Bulldors, the Poogie Oogies, and the Lunalas. But what exact order is um, more difficult to surmise? I think it's going to be for me. It's the Boulders, the Poogie Oogies. Yeah, I think I would go with the Boulders, then the Poogie Oogies, then the uh, Lunalas. I'm trying to figure out if I'm trying to figure out 
if it's the Lunalas or the Grizzlies. Because the Grizzlies have a new coach. Um, formerly known as the Florida Squirtles. Um, oh, yeah. What happened? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Don't know Didn't what happened that. there. Uh, again, I was out. Like, I came back and they were gone. And I was like, All right, what's going on here? Um, man. Have the Grizzlies played a match yet? Uh, let me... Yes, they lost to the Poogie Oogies this week. And see, that's not even like a fair comparison because the Poogie Oogies are a top team. And they got 2-0, so it wasn't like an overwhelming dominant victory. Like, they made them work for it. Wait, it says on the schedule mm -hmm. that the Grizzlies were in week one. Is it just like... Is this week one victory of the Grizzlies versus the Grimmsnarl Bros actually the... Um... No, so the Grizzlies would have joined in week four. Okay. That's when it officially became the Grizzlies. So they only have one match and it was against the Poogie Oogies. Yeah. One, only mm -hmm. one judgeable match. I feel like we could... I'm going to put the Lunalas ahead of them. What were you saying, though? What were you I feel thinking? like um, there, there might not be enough data to rank these very accurately because they have just have one match, and it was a loss. So, like, they could be slightly worse than the Lunalas, which would be really strong, or they could be significantly worse than the Lunalas, and it, they would still... The fact that it was a 2-0 means that it wasn't that... Uh, wasn't that much of a sweep, but I think ranking the Grizzlies is going to be somewhat difficult. I think I agree with that. And I'm just, just for the sake of, since they did play a match and I want to be fair to them and at least give them a ranking because they played a match, um, I think I'm going to put them below the Lunalas. They still have a pretty good record. Um, Looking at their roster. It's not a... I don't know if I like this roster. Hold on. Ah, come on. Ah. This is a trick room roster. Yeah, the uh, Florida Squirtle Squad had a Trick Room ro roster, so I assume those are Pokemon that weren't swapped. Although I don't know if uh, Audacity actually used Trick Room. I don't remember him ever using it, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't remember... No, I don't think he ever used Trick Room, and he has a Trick Room roster. Maybe he was just trying I mean, to psych us out with it. Yeah, maybe he just likes um, Ursaluna, and he just likes um, that other Pokemon. Yeah, and then he, you know, he has the option. Yeah, it's not it's not really that much of a trick room. He just happens to have Hatterene and Ursaluna on the same team. Like the only other Pokemon that can maybe make use of it is a Magneton, Gengar, and Electrode. And Salamance don't really care about Trick Room that much. Yeah. So, 
Orthorm and Colossal could possibly benefit from it, but yeah, but they're not typically doing that much damage, so yeah, yeah maybe not. I'm trying to find. It should be in transactions. All right. It is not in transactions. Cool, cool, cool. So, is this a team that Audacity had in the beginning? Was it? I don't know if he definitely had the Hatterene and the Ursaluna. I don't know about the other Pokemon, though. Because I'm looking at... It might have been a... Uh, he might have sent it to a mod, but I'm not seeing... Uh, I'll just go to the draft. Yep, he had Electrode. And... You know, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who knows? We'll just see how the how Bandito plays the team. Next up, uh, uh this is going to get a little contentious here. The fifth spot. Mhm. Ah, uh, okay. So we have Will, we have Joe Santosi, we have EDOB and we have Scully. What is actually easier is naming the bottom teams. And for me, that's going to be Temple, CJ, and uh, God. Like, that should be pretty e easy to kind of, like, guess at this point. Would you agree? Probably. Um, I'm going to check the schedule to see if any of them have had a particularly difficult schedule. So we have the Palafins, the Renegades, and the Knights. In my opinion, the Palafins have not had a hard schedule. They had the Rhydons. Okay, solid team. Mid-tier team. Um, the Marowaks. Nothing, I would say, overly special. No disrespect to that team. Just not a top team in B. They had the Super Grimson Albros. Um, again, not a top-tier team. And they lost. Yeah, and, and then... Well, they also had the Lunalas. Well, okay, they had the Lunalas, but they uh, they basically got swept. Yeah, I'm, I got the Palafins as last. And then for the Renegades, they played against the Bulldors, the Grizzlies, and the Bulldors, Grizzlies, Poogie Oogies, and they have not done their week four match. And then for the Knights, they played against the Crobats, the Lycanrocs, the Lunalas, and they have not done their week four match. With the so Renegades, I, I will give them somewhat of a pass. They went up against the top three teams. Like their their schedule has not been easy. 
by any stretch of imagination. Mm-hmm. So I think the um, of the teams that are in this like having only won one or zero, I think the Renegades might be at the top or at least amongst the like Gremsnarl pros and stuff because they've just had such a difficult lineup. I agree. It's just been really tough for them to get any sort of traction, which is not their fault. Um, It's just how kind of the schedule lined up for them. That being said, um, the Philly Palafins and the Lycan Rocks, who are we saying is the worst team? I'm interested that you're putting the Lycan Rocks down there as well, who are two and two. Oh, not the Lycan Rocks. I'm sorry. I meant to say the the Knights. Um, the Knights and the Palafins. Let's look at these rosters. I feel like the Palafins are kind of like a matchup fishing in a sense. If the opponent has a switch in to like Hydro Pump and Wave Crash, then it's going to be like, or some way to handle the Pelipper um, weather, then you should have a good time. But there might just be like some roster that cannot handle a ginormous Wave Crash and then they just lose because of that. Um, although that just ha- hasn't happened yet, I guess. So, and then the. Is- uh, the Knights are more of like a balanced, normal team. I agree, but like I'm looking at the teams. Let, let's look at the schedule really quickly. So the Palafins have the Lycanrocks. They have the Boulders and the Poogie Oogies. Yeah, they're going at the bottom for me. Oh, are those the three teams that they haven't played yet? Those are the three teams that they have left in their schedule. They're going at That's... the bottom. Yeah, I think I agree. And it's no disrespect to the Palafins. Um, I just think you guys had a rough season. We all have had rough seasons. I had a rough season last season. So don't, go, don't be down on yourself. It's just that, like... I'm looking at the teams that you guys have to face. And man, is that going to be hard. Man, does that... That schedule is just going to be really hard. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. So, for me, the bottom is going to be the Renegades, then the Knights, then the Palafins. Alright, that's easy. Now, the thing that I was really worried about, the middle of the pack. <clears throat> what scares me with the middle of the pack for for this league is I feel like at this point anything could happen. And we're still waiting on a match from EDOB and Scully. So we don't know how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um... Leeds right on. I like them where they're at. I think 
leads right on being below the top four teams makes sense. And I think in the power rankings, you can kind of just leave them there. The problem comes with the Lycan Rocks. I don't have a lot of faith in the Lycan Rocks. Uh, why is that? I'm looking at their schedule. Right? They got the Palafins. Okay, I can see they should win that. The Marowaks. Solid team. The Renegades. All winnable games. But... It seems like when they go up against like a, a tougher opponent, they kind of fall apart. Like when they went up against the Lunalas, and when they went up against the Rhydons, the play was so much different than when they went up against the Knights or when they went up against the Crobats. It was like I was watching a completely different team. Interesting. So, where do you think you would place them? I think I still have to. I think I have to just put faith in them and then put them right underneath the right ons. I still think that, even though I'm not entirely sure on their abilities, and I'm not entirely sold, um. I think they just deserve a chance to kind of prove themselves and they are they are just two and two so it's not like they're super behind they could win their next three matches easily and go five and two for the season their placement really isn't for me it's not based on their play it's based on the play of the teams below them and that's the Magor Marowax and the Crobats and those teams are a little bit, I feel like, more consistent. And it's the inconsistency of the Lycan Rock that scares me. I can see that. What do you think for the Marowax and the Crobats? Who would you say, out of the two teams, who would you say is better? Probably the Marowax. I would agree. Uh, I think they might have had... Let's see. Like, the two matches that they've lost are against the Bulldors and the Poogie Oogies. They beat the Palafins, and then they have left over... They have to fight the Grimmsnarl Bros, the Knights, the Lycanrocks, and the Lunalas. So, I think they've had... The, the matches that they've lost have been against the two two of the best teams. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's really not much to it now that I'm kind of looking at it. Yeah. I. Well, the Crobats, who do they have? The Crobats have the Renegades, the Grizzlies, 
and, and the write-ons. The write-ons. Oh, that, that's a tougher schedule for sure. That's a tougher schedule. Well, that is that. That takes care of B. Um. Last but not least is C League. Another very interesting league. Not shaping out to how I thought it would. Um. Stig is going to hate me for this. But Mustard, they're still my number one team in this league. Oh my goodness. Look, uh, Mustard's only played three matches, but their differential is actually still higher than Stig Lords. Exactly. Like, That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> Stig, I like Stig. I love you, dude. Uh, you're amazing, but Mustard is just that individual they're that trainer they're that coach like and they have their match today are they playing their match right now um I know they're scheduling it um I think it's in the replays right here yep they're playing their match or I think they, it's over. they just oh that was quick and they won again oh perfect perfect yeah that's easy enough it was 2-0 putting their differential at 17 I think that's how that works yep that is exactly how that works oh it was just updated the spreadsheet yeah I just updated it as we were oh yeah. uh. alright so let's go yeah so this one's gonna be easy I feel like I feel like there's not going to be too much like mustard to me stays number one. Stiglord is going to stay number two. Then I'm moving the Iron Heads up to number three, and the Vespaquins up to number four. Would you agree with that? Hmm. Um, I don't know if I would say the Vespa Quins are better than those other teams that are like in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Vesp. They've played against the world. They lost to the Whirlipedes. They got a forfeit win against Trap Inch. Ooh. And they lost, or they won against the Titans. And see, the problem with that is it's that forfeit win. Does that really show that? Well, it's one in the forfeit win too. I know Jamin and Ape. I've seen them play in a, a season. They are good, right? And they lost to the Whirlipedes, who are a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. They beat the Titans, who, in the standings, is right below them. So. Is it fair to say that they should probably stay where they're at, at number four? Or do you do you still think we need to see more from them? Um, 
Let me think. I think. And then looking at their schedule, they got the Hydreigons, the Crown. The Hydreigons. And the Iron Heads. Ooh, they have a tough schedule, actually. They have no easy breaks. Except for the, the Crown, I guess. You could say that's a little bit of an easier match. Interestingly, the Hydreigons actually beat the Iron Heads. Right. I saw that. Can the Vespu... I think... Mm. If the Vespaquins can beat the Hydreigons, would that make them a better team than the Ironheads? Um, I don't think necessarily, mm. but it would imply it. Because they still have to... The Ironheads is their last, like... The Ironheads is their last matchup. I think the top three teams, Talonflame, Worldipede, and Ironheads, are easy. But then when you get to this middle part, the Vespa Queens, the Satitans, the Hydreigons, and the Typhlosions, it becomes a lot more difficult. Partially because two of these teams have forfeit wins. So mm -hmm. there's just like not that much information um, comparatively. So ranking um, four through seven is going to be difficult. Hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like what to do here because this isn't like. let's come back to four through seven and let's do what we did last time and just go kind of like at the bottom and see um the tough trubbish formerly known as the saint is that wait were they the saint louis moltres I don't know. Oh my gosh. They were the St. Louis Moultries. Walking Wake, Lilligant, Torkoal, Slitherwing, Corbinite, Florgus, Regilecki, Quagsire, Morgrum, and Iron Maw. Oh yeah, I remember that team. We gave that team an S. Yeah, because they had uh, Wake, Slitherwing, and the Lilligant. Yeah. I think the problem is Lilligant sounds like it... Lilligant is actually quite bad in uh, Sun. It doesn't really do much. So they've been playing with it and like trying to make Lilligant in Sun work, but it just hasn't. Yes. Oh my, this was Crunch's team. So yeah, now I remember uh, Crunch did drop, um, unfortunately. But... 
The unfortunate thing for the Trubbish is they're 4-0, and they've played against the Crowns, the Ironheads, the Hydreigons, and the Typhlosions, which means they're left with the Talonflames and the Whirlipedes and Payday for their three last matches. And I feel like there's no world where they beat the... Or they have a... It's going to be very difficult for them to win against the Talonflames and the Whirlipedes. Those being the top two teams. Yeah. Especially getting 5-0'd by the Toledo Typhlosions is not a good... It's not like a good debut. Mm Mm-hmm. Did they make any transactions? Um, let's see. Okay. Oh wow. They they're going to have an entirely new team. Uh, in week five, I'm gonna go ahead and update the team. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Instead of Walking Wake, they're replacing it with Barrascuta. They are replacing Lilligant with Cerule Edge. Uh, Torkoal is getting replaced for Garchomp. Rotom Frost is replacing... Okay, Slitherwing. Ooh, okay. Um, hmm. Nah, ain't no way. Ain't, ain't no way. Reggie Lecky is getting replaced with Meowskarado. Raichu, Alola replacing Quagsire. They are keeping Iron Moth, and they're adding Lichen Rock. I don't know what what form. And Corviknight is getting replaced by Alola and Dugtrio. And I guess Lycanroc is getting replaced. Um, I guess it's going to be mid. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume it's going to be midday. Lycanroc that is replacing Mordrum. So just to reiterate, this new team is Barrascuta, Ledge, Garchomp, Rotom Frost, Alolan Dugtrio, Florgus, Meowskarata, Alolan Raichu, Lycanroc Midday, and Iron Moth. Is that in the uh, C Transactions channel? Uh, yes, that is in the C Transactions, and I just updated it on the sheet as well.
<laughs> Yo. Yo. Oh my god. How do you feel about that? Um it's definitely less explosive than the uh Sun team. But most things are because Wake and Sun hit super hard. Right. Um does Barascuda do anything outside of rain? No. Okay. It does not. Hmm. I mean, I feel like they might be able to pull some stuff off just with like, like Garchomp and Iron Moth, and Meowscarada are good enough that as long as these three Pokemon are on their team each week, and then they, you know, fill in the rest with. Priority Lycanroc and some Volt Switching Rotom Frost, they might be able to get some stuff done. But I don't know. They have no hazard removal. Oh yeah, that's true. They don't have a fairy type. Oh, no, they have Forgus. Never mind. Um... Hmm. I... Mm. I don't like it. I, I I like the other team better. Um, Barrasquita literally does nothing for you if it's not in rain, and you don't really have any other Pokemon that you would use for rain. Cerulege uh, is good. I have it on my team. It's good. It's just not good on this team, in my opinion. Alolan Dugtrio for Corviknight, I think, is one of the worst things I have ever seen in my life. Well, they probably took the Alolan Dug Trio because they needed the points, and then they spent the points somewhere else, like on this Meowscarada for 15. That's Yeah, that's probably the case. We'll have to see. I mean, the tough Trubbish team... Sorry, what was the, uh, the Sun team? No. Yeah, the Sun team wasn't doing particularly well. So I'm anything that mixes it up is probably going to be a good thing, you know? They were 4-0. You can't get much worse than that. So, yeah. but it's like look at, like I kind of wish I was in this league because look at what's on the board now. Like, Corviknight is available now. That's all you need. Corviknight is available. Salamence is available. Slitherwing is available now. It's like, geez, I don't know. It, it is what it is. Good luck to this team. Um, I'm sure they can pull something out. I really, I, I, I'm interested in seeing how this team handles itself. Um, and that kind of brings us to another issue in the standings, right? And what's that? Are they still? Do they deserve to be the worst team with this new team? Do they deserve um, to be the lowest ranked team? Or should I think they just the, go unranked? The previous team was the worst team. I think that's easy to say. Mm-hmm. And this team is kind of like unranked. So, and let's see, who are they going up against? Crub. Uh, Town Flames, Whirlipedes, and Paydays. I think they're probably going to end up at the bottom. So we could... You could put them as unranked, but I think going up against the Talonflames and the Whirlipedes, 
they're going to end up doing pretty... It's going to be really difficult. The likelihood of them beating those teams is really low. So it, if you put it as unranked, it's kind of like unofficially the bottom rank, you know? Right. I'd agree. I would, yeah, I would agree. That's fair. Um, next up, we have the Carolina Crown. I'm gonna yeah, put we have, them in we have those like though. um we have these like four teams down here that are below these the middle pack four through seven yeah. we have these eight through nine or eight through eleven Pokemon or teams exactly um I'm actually gonna put the Dragapults below the crown they have a better record by one point but Yasha has just not been playing well this season in my opinion. And I think they had one of the worst drafts. So. Hmm. And then you said the Dragapults. You don't like the Dragapults draft? No, I think this was when we went over the draft. We actually, I think I gave it a B minus, and you gave it a C plus. Oh, I did? Huh. Yeah. I think I just rate... After winning the, those my last four matches, I think I rate Goldango higher than I should. Huh. Okay. I'll trust my former self. He probably put more thought into it than I have now. Um. Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at this team, Goldango is great. Glamora is good. Rotom Wash is one of the best pivots in the game. Low Kicks, trash. Arcanine, solid. Toad Scroll, trash. Zoroark, solid. Flamigo, trash. Prigatoon, trash. Chansey, trash. Okay. I think I think Chansey, Toad Scroll, Low Kicks, I think all of these are pretty good Pokemon. Oof. Alright, looks like we're gonna have to. Looks like we're gonna have to have a little debate here why do you think Chansey is good I think Chansey has like is like literally the tankiest Pokemon in the game mm. you could have you could have a Chansey with literally no moves and it would be good mm, I don't know I think Blissey is better than Chansey Blissey is not as tanky as Chansey but yeah Blissey might be a little bit better but like Blissey is also really good that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't see chance. Like, okay, Chansey is really tanky. I'll give you that. But like, you, you could just have like T Wave, Stealth Rock, and then nothing in the third and fourth slot, and it'd be like okay. Or you just have like um Soft Boiled. It doesn't even need an attack. You know, run um Heavy Slam or whatever that move is that does 100 damage. And then but it's Chansey like Chansey has terrible defense. Chansey's five defense. Well, if you actually go into the math of it, while Chansey has really low base defense, because Chansey gets all of the IVs and all of the EVs from because you invest in that, and then all of those are boosted by 50% because of the um EV light, Chansey actually ends up being significantly tankier than Blissey physically. Mm, but then you have to rely on Eviolite. Yeah, that is definitely one of the downsides. And I'm just saying, you know what I hear when I hear Eviolite? 
knockoff. Yeah, but not that many Pokemon get knockoff. Fair, but when I'm looking at some of the top players in the league, Cinderace gets knockoff, I'm pretty sure. Um, no one on the Iron Heights, I don't think. And I'm pretty sure Sneasler gets knockoff, but if Sneasler doesn't, um, either Tinkaton or Samrot definitely get knockoff. Actually, let me look that up. I don't know. I just. Mm. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's... Who knows? I don't know. It, 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 it's tough for me. It's tough for me to like Chansey. Um, you said Toad Scroll. You said was good? Yeah, I think so. I think any Pokemon with Spore is good. I think it's... Toad School is similar to Chansey. You could literally just have Spore on it, and it's like, it's like a, a trap. Like it's similar to uh, it's like, I'll Spore your Pokemon, then die, and then it's a five v five. That's at least it's at least gonna do that. Yeah, but if you know it's gonna Spore one, um, doesn't Spore go last because of Massilium Might? Yeah. All right, so I just have to outspeed it, and then let's say you do like get that sleep off. What if I have Sleep Talk? Like, okay. what if the Pokemon I specifically designed to take the Spore has Sleep Talk? They're if like... you're specifically designing a Pokemon because of some Pokemon on my team, then the Pokemon on my team is doing its job. Like, if you have to design a Pokemon to take Toadscroll, then obviously, then Toadscroll has to be a good Pokemon. If Toadscroll was a bad Pokemon, then you could just ignore it, you know? And just be like, oh, I don't really care about that Pokemon. I'm not even going to think about it. But if you're thinking about it and going, ooh, I really have to have, you know, some Sleep Talk Pokemon or some goggles pokemon that can take on this toad scroll then like you know i think that's indicative of the fact that toad scroll is at least somewhat useful that's fair but like at that point i guess what i would do at that point just for me if i see a spore pokemon on my team uh and this might be giving away a strategy i really don't it, it's not gonna really affect me i'm gonna put sleep talk and i'm gonna put rest and i'm just gonna put two really good attacking moves and just hit you with that because at that point, it's like, okay, I know you're going to try to put me to sleep. Fine. Let me have something that can deal with that. And that's for any Spore Pokemon. I think Spore makes... I think Toad School is a trash Pokemon, but Spore is a great move. And that's what I'm more... I'm not, I'm not really worried about the Toad School itself. I'm worried about the Spore. And if you can even get it off. Oh my know. goodness. Toad School is a ground grass type. Do you know what that means? That means he's one of the few Pokemon in the game that resist Edgequake. And he has Rapid Spin. So he resists Rock, and he can rap so he can switch into rocks, mm -hmm. rapid spin them out, mm -hmm. and he has spore. I'm actually convincing myself that this Pokemon is even better. Oh, oh very, very true facts. Um my one counter to that is unless you Terra Ice Beam. Clipped. I mean, close. That's true, but like, Ice Beam also one shots Landorus Therian. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I, think, I don't think I don't think anyone's arguing that Lando T is a bad Pokemon. No, I would never. But Lando T has intimidate, like, and Lando T has nasty plot now. Like when I see things like that, I'm like, ah, that's a thing. Yeah. When I see Toad Scroll, I'm like, you only really have Spore. Anything else? And Rapid Spin, and the ability to resist Edge Quake. Rapid Spin. <sighs> I'm kind of sleeping on Ravenspin. I mean, like, I guess it's for my setter because my setter is Claude Zire, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about a Toad School if I have Claude, like Claude. Like, I know in a one-on-one I can get away with that. Um, maybe I'm just being too hard. Maybe I just don't like Toad School's design, and that's make that's like clouding my judgment. On whether or not it's a good Pokemon. I can see that. Low Kicks though is still trash. And here's here's why I went from a Low Kicks like fan to a Low Kicks hater. It is so situational to use Low Kicks. It's basically taking up a spot on your team. Like an unnecessary it's so unnecessarily hard to use it. Cause Obviously, what are you going to run on a low kicks? Most people are going to run a choice ban. It can't take a hit. Like, every time I calced for it, it could not take a decent hit. Unless it was like a psychic type move it was coming in. Dark is a great typing. Bug is not. If your first impression, if your sucker punch doesn't KO, if your U-turn doesn't KO... It's really not useful. Yeah, I can see that. I think all of these Pokemon are like fairly, like all of them have like a fair and just point value. I think Toad School is about worth an eight, and Low Kicks is worth like a, about eleven. Um, I actually think Chansey is probably worth a little bit more than seven, though. So. I don't think any of them are trash relative to how many points they cost. Fair. I hope you know that just because you said that Chansey's going up like three points next season. Yeah, Chansey probably deserves three points. Y'all heard her here first. Chansey for ten points. Yeah, I'll stand by that. I Chansey's actually my least favorite Pokemon in the entire game. I hate it. But I have to like be truthful to myself and say that it's somewhat good you've been defending the pokemon you hate the most yeah i hate it because it's so fucking tanky i there's like i'm i have like ptsd because i was playing a match mm-hmm. and i was against a chancy i was like oh this pokemon's really tanky i need to make sure to knock it off so that it doesn't have its eevee light so i did my due diligence i knocked it off everything was fine i had in my mega metagross right and i was like okay the chancy doesn't have um Eevee Light anymore and it's weak to fighting and it's not very physically defensive surely now I can kill it with Hammer Arm a fighting type move from Mega Metagross right yeah. and then I hit it with Hammer Arm and it survives on 1 HP and then one shots me with counter that's insane <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I lose the match because of that so at this what? point so I'm like scarred by Chansey I hate it so much it's How so does tanky. that even happen? Yeah. So, 
Wait, I have to. Was the Chansey on? No, it couldn't have been on full health because it got knocked off. Well, it could have. I think it might have um, healed oh, up soft oil? with okay. uh, soft boiled. Wow. No. But it had no. I'm sorry. I have to count that because, like, what the hell? Yeah, I think so. Hammer arm. Hammer arm from a Mega Metagross does 50 to 59 with Eviolite. And then when you remove Eviolite, does. 75 to 89. That's not fully invested, Hammer Arm, though. If we fully invest on damage, it goes up to... It's a 94 to 111. So a 68% chance to Oko. I'm pretty sure I was running Adamant. So you just got a low roll, then. Yeah, a low roll on a Pokemon with 145 base attack stat. And tough claws. And it still survived. Damn. <laughs> like I, I don't know how to like. I don't know how to react. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, the numbers don't lie. And if it had Eviolite, it would have been a sixty-three to seventy-four damage, which is crazy. That's wow. Damn. Okay. All right. You convinced me. I, I'm, I'm. Y'all heard it here first. I'm taking back what I said. Chansey is not trash. Chansey is solid, but it's definitely getting more points. Oh, um, another thing. Salamence. Count your fucking days. Salamence will will be put out of terror range next season. Mark my words. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. All right, dang, we're still on the power rankings. I... Hmm. Okay, so you're saying the Dragapults are not the second worst team in the NC? That is correct. So who would you put at second worst? Um, I put. The crown team, yes. Oh, I mean, they're Carolina in the bottom. Crown. They're in the bottom three anyway, so it doesn't really change a lot. My bottom five I have are the um, the Trap Inch, the Dragapult, Payday, Crown, and then Tough Trubbish. Mm, okay, between the Paydays and the Trap Inch. See the trap inch are a new team. Like they just they just changed their whole team. Hmm. I did not know that. So They're also doing Palafin range shenanigans. Hmm. If we look at the um schedule, they have the Iron Heads, the Talon Flames, and the Crowns to go up against. That is not particularly easy. And they've lost to the Satitans and the Whirlipedes. Who, the Trapinch? Yes. Uh, they lost to the High... They beat the Hydreigons this week. I'm only counting this week for them because this is when their coach like actually participated. Oh, uh, okay. So Well, in that case... 
Mm, in that case, it's somewhat difficult. They beat the Hydreigons, who are actually higher in the standings than them. Yeah. You know, under new management, a lot of things can change for a team. And the Hydreigons beat the Iron Heads. Hmm. I'm just saying. I think. Well, I mean, I have the Trap Inch at the top of the bottom five, so I would agree. I'm fine with them. I I agree with them being good. Yeah, I I agree. I think they have the potential. Um. Oh, just to address something that uh we didn't we addressed it kind of in the weekly announcements, but we wanted I wanted to do something on the podcast just to like explain our reasoning a little bit. Um, DLC obviously has come out and I'm sure you guys have seen the, the moves that dropped um, listen I know some of y'all would have loved to use DLC moves on your Pokemon for example the Trap Inch have Rillaboom Grassy Glide is back come on I, I know you wanted to do it I have Sorello Edge, Poltergeist on Sorello Edge, crazy move. The point value takes moves into consideration. And when we were kind of looking at it, it just would have been too unfair to, well, based on our current point value, it just would have been too unfair to allow the DLC moves to be used. Um, and what that essentially means is these tiers that you see this season will not be the same next season. DLC has changed a lot of things in that regard. So that's why we're not allowing any DLC moves, if that makes sense. Would you agree with that decision? Uh, yeah, entirely. Some Pokemon would just get like crazily buffed. And some Pokemon would be like left to dry, and it would throw all of the balance out the door. Exactly. That's exactly. Like it's not really, it's not really fair if there's just like one team that just so happened to have all of the buffed Pokemon, and so they went from a team with like essentially a hundred points worth of Pokemon to now all of their Pokemon are worth like ten percent more. So they mm-hmm. essentially just have more points than everyone else. They have a, a stronger team. Just just by chance exactly and that's what we that's like when we were looking at it we were kind of just like because like we I, I honestly i wanted to i wanted to uh allow dlc moves it was just so unfair for like a certain amount of mons a certain number for them and we just had to come to that conclusion come to that decision it was like no we can't do it like oh my god the whole toxic thing mm-hmm is and, and Pokemon got Scald, and Scald coming back was insane. But like Toad Scroll getting toxic now, like what were we supposed to do? Like Gudra getting toxic again, what were we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. It was kind of just like ah, uh, we're kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place. We got to figure something out. So sorry guys, no DSL moves. I know it sucks, but it is what it is. Um, now that that little public service announcement is over, 
Back to the power rankings. Mm. So you say your bottom five. We have in the bottom fives the Trap Inch, the Paydays, the Dragapult, the Crown, and the Rubbish or the Trubbish, right? Yep. So we got to go back to the the four, four through seven. Seven. The Hydreigons, the Typhlosions, the Vespaquins. What um, are we doing here? I'm going to rank the Hydreigons top, I think. Mm-hmm. Because they beat the Iron Heads. Fair. And they've lost to the Trap Inch, which is a pretty good team, it seems. And they've lost to um, the Whirlipedes, which is a really good team. So I feel like they're kind of sitting in that area near the Ironheads. Right. Okay. And they're against the Vespa Queens, the Paydays, and the Dragapults. So they don't have... They don't they're have actually them. not going to have to fight the um, Talon Flames. So that's good for them. Got a, got a lucky break with that one. I agree. I could see them there. I'm not I'm not opposed to that. Um what about the Vespaquins? Hmm. Or are we putting someone above are we putting the I don't feel like we can honestly put the Satitans above the Vespaquins. So I really think it just comes down to are the Toledo Typhlosions better than the Vespaquins? So the Vespaquins lost to the Warlipedes and beat the Satitans. Mm-hmm. And then the Typhlosions lost to the Talon Flames, beat the Dragapults, lost to Payday, and beat the Trubbish. Mm-hmm. And the Vespaquins have the Paydays this week. Wait. Well, the Typhlosions lost to the Paydays? I think so. Did I see that right? Yeah, they got six yes. of those, but they got swept. Yes. By the paydays. Never mind, this is not hard. Uh, no disrespect to that team, but it's not really that hard if I think about it because the paydays are one of our four worst teams. Yep. And they like they beat the Titan, so I'm not going to put the Satitan. Oh, uh, well, you know what? Actually, it's a power ranking. It's not who's better, it's who has the better chance of making it to the playoffs. The Titans have the Dragapults. They have the Typhlosions. Oh, they have the Talonflames. Mm. What score do you need to get to the playoffs? Speaking of scores, congratulations. You're going to the playoffs. Oh, sweet. What do you mean? Yeah, I assume you that means you need four wins? Uh, essentially, it just depends on how everyone else in your league is kind of doing. Um... Well, it might be a little bit too early. I think you have to actually win one more match for it to be cemented, cemented. Mm-hmm. But most people, yeah, beside United and Coblin, right? Uh, everyone has lost at least two matches. So with that being said, if you lose, if you win your next match, you'll the worst record you can have is a five and two. Your differential is so high. Um. 
I doubt that. I'm gonna be honest. I doubt that you're gonna lose your next match, uh, and I doubt that you're gonna lose three matches in a row. So basically, yeah, you've made playoffs. You just have to look at cool. everyone else's. That being said, um, let's see if anyone else can kind of claim the playoffs. Um, B is still heavily, heavily contested in B. And it appears that C is also very heavily contested. Um, except for Mustard. Mustard is in the, literally the exact same position as you. They'll probably make playoffs. Mm, yeah. And then Stig. Um, the differential is a little bit lower for Stig. So there's a possibility uh, if people make like enough wins that they could surpass him. But I doubt it. So I would say those three teams are definitely locked in for playoffs. But yeah, Typhlosions, I think, just based on what we have, yeah. So just to go over the list, for C-League, it's the Town Flames, the Whirlipedes, Iron Heads, Hydreigons, Vespaquins, Satitans, Typhlosion, Trapinch, Paydays, Dragapult, Crowns, and the Trubbish. That's our ranking for them. Mm-hmm. For B, the Baldors, the Oogies, Lunalas, Grizzlies, Rhydons, uh, Lycanrocs, Magor, uh, the Marowaks, the Crobats, the Grimstone Bros, Renegades, Knights, Palafins. And for A-League, the Stars, the Darmanitans, the Basculins, the Concelders, the uh, Pinkerchins, the Ninetales, the Magmortars, the Clodzires, the Minioars, the Wismacots, the Charizards, and then the, I forgot to change the name of that team, but the Coridons. I would say solid. I would say solid. Usually we have a match of a week and MVPs. Uh, We don't have one right now this week. There were just so many matches that haven't been played. Um... Do you have a match that you think is match of the week that you've seen? Let me think. Um, Not that I can think of because my Pokemon memory isn't very good. So I kind of only remember my match. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I have no clue. The game's kind of going like one ear and out the other for me. Fair. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of the same way. It's really hard to like determine what match was like match of the week. Um. Kind hmm. of think. We could do last week's match of the weeks since you didn't do an episode last week. Yeah, we could. Um, so those uh, were... Oh, wait, hold on. Something is... A miss in A-League. 
Did Okay, never mind. I had a I was checking something, but everything is all good. Um match of the week from last week. Jeez, I didn't even watch those. Yeah, so that was the match between Sticklord and Enhydra, and the match between Darky and Temple, and my match between me and Deepav. Let's do your match. Mm. Because I don't want you to give away any secrets. So do you want to do your match, or should we do a different match? Mm. I don't think I would... I don't think I'd be giving away any secrets, really. Okay. So we so can do mine. Mine's pretty crazy. Let's pull up your match. And you were up against Deepav, who's a, another great player. I think this was your 1-0 match, right? Yep. Where is I got it? Um, oh, here it is. Okay, I was gonna say I dropped it in the UBDL singles. Uh, alrighty, make sure the music is off and. So this is your match, right? And they opened up with I think we actually uh, no, I didn't. I watched this match, but we didn't go over it. So they opened up with Hoopa Unbound Tier Claude Zire. Wait, is this the match where Hoopa Unbound takes out Claude Zire immediately with the energy ball? Yep. I swear we wait. I just want to make sure. Okay, let's just watch the match and see what happens. I feel like this has happened to you twice with the energy ball taking out Quagsire. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's kind of the only thing that kills Quagsire is some grass move. Right. I feel like we already went over this match, though. I remember talking about it in the Discord. I remember you talking about it, but I feel like we watched... I think we actually watched this live during week three. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, Rillaboom comes out here. And then it's a knockoff on Moltres. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I watched it myself. And then... It happened on uh, the 15th. Which was a Friday. And I usually don't record on Fridays. 
Hmm. Yeah, see. I got. I have no idea why I feel like we watched that match, but I feel like we. You watched it. I remember you were in this match at the very end, and uh, at the end of the match, you said something like, "This is the match of the league," or something like that. That's what it was. That's what it was. I watched. I watched this in real time. I didn't talk about it. Okay. All right. right. Let's talk about it. What turn are you on? Uh, I just restarted the whole thing. Okay. All right. Tell me when to click play. Uh, you can go ahead and click play. Um. So let's start off with the. Were you expecting an energy ball turn one? Uh, definitely not. I uh, I, I thought to myself I should probably check to see if he gets a grass move, mm-hmm. but then I was just like, I was kind of tired and my computer was lagging because I had a game up in the background, so I kind of just like didn't, and then I Fair. died. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's not good. Did that kind of like influence your strategy for the rest of the match? Because I saw that and I was like, whoa. I was like, this is not the whitey I know. Um, I think it it, it made me a little bit um like apathetic, you know? Like I was kind of like, oh, well, fuck this. I guess I'm going to lose now. <laughs> <laughs> like in the first half of the game, I was kind of like, um, I was not playing well, partially because... I was not in the right mood for playing Pokemon. Right. But it just it was it just like the time that you guys had scheduled the match and was it too late for an extension? Cuz this was on like a Friday, so you could have asked for an extension if you needed one. No, it wasn't really I was kind of just like my mind wasn't in it. Mm. But I don't think that's a good enough Like I could have just like what I should have done was go, "Okay, Chase, sit there, open up the team builder, just check to see if he gets a grass move." That's what I should have done, but mm. It's definitely my fault. I did. I made a lot of mistakes that I shouldn't have made. You still won, though. A win is a win. Yeah. Like like we always say, a win is a win. Um. All right. So you sent out Moltres next. He switches to Florgus. You get the U turn. Goldango was a great. All right. Here, you Thunder Wave with Goldango on this. Yep. Like I was saying, uh, not very, uh, like I knew when I was team building, I knew it was almost certainly going to be Terra Ground, Florges, mm-hmm. but then in the moment, I kind of just forgot. I'm like, oh, I knew I that could, was coming. I remember we talked about it and we were just like, Terra Ground, Florges, that's a really interesting choice. So I was expecting you to go in like with Goldango. I was like, oh, he's going to switch out here to Mouse Garada or something for sure. And mm-hmm. thunderwaved, and I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, so that was mistake number two. Mistake number three was thinking that I would survive a moonblast on Cyclazar. I wanted to talk. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that. So it gets the terror blast off. Um, on Goldango, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You send out Moltres. It calm minds. You U-turn into Cyclozar. What? It calm my. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so confused. I was like, I, I honestly at this point I'm watching him like, oh, why he's throwing the match? Like, I was yeah, like, I basically oh. was. I was unintentionally throwing. So did you like find the will to like 
does I know you like you said you didn't want to go through the match or like you weren't in the right mind space for it. Where was this like the point where you were just like, fuck it, we fuck it, we ball, we win. Like I don't care. Not at it, all. Oh nope. So um, were you just because like, I still have a, there are more huge mistakes in this. Like the the next mistake is hilarious, but no, I was still. I think that made that made me like more salty, kind of like mm-hmm. more down in the dumps. Um, the only reason. I win this match is because Goldengo uh Moltres is like an am- they're amazing Pokemon that match up amazingly against uh his team. Like okay. the team building is what caused me to win this game, not my play. I I can see that. So you go into Amoongus next, right? You you take the the Moonblast. I think that was actually a really a misplay on um D Pass part, because Liquidation was definitely gonna take it out. Yeah. Uh, Rillaboom versus, you know, Moltres. Okay, solid. You if get the we hurricane. pause here, yeah. I did um, I did a, what's it called? A mock against someone. Mm-hmm. And the Rillaboom that they brought was Leech Seed Protect. Um, Moltres, like hard walls, this Rillaboom, there's actually nothing it can do against me. Um, it's... Grassy Glide, well, it doesn't get Grass like, It's Grass Attacks don't do anything. It's Knockoff doesn't do anything. It doesn't get a Rock type move. I hardwall it. But every time I, in the mock, every time I switched in, he just Leech Seeded me, then Protect, then swapped out. And it just like very slowly whittled down my Moltres and it made it really difficult to play around. So if he had brought that, it would have been a lot harder. Hey. D-Path, if you're listening. Now you know what to do when you make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think that's really interesting. Like I've mocked with Stig for one of our match, like my week one match, and actually, never mind. I'm not gonna say it because the strategy can still be used against me, and I I'm like kind of fucked against it. Never mind. Y'all not getting any secrets from me. I got it. I'm trying to make it to the playoffs. Um. Let's see what happens next. So you you stay in on the Dragonite. You got the Hurricane. Dragonite misses the Stone Edge. Yeah, that was another mistake. I should have just looked up to see if Dragonite gets a rock move mm-hmm. um, and switched out to Goldango, but I didn't. Luckily, the the RNG bailed me out there. Hey, man, if you're using a move with less than 100% accuracy, it is what it is. So you come back out with Okay. Here was this a misplay when he had Rillaboom out? Or yeah, he had Rillaboom, you had Moltres. You knew he was gonna switch. Mm-hmm. But you roosted on the Dragonite instead of going for like a hurricane or something. Was that a misplay or was that intentional? Mm, let me see. It's turn fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. Oh, I was a little bit behind. I see. Hmm. I don't think so. I think Goldengo walls it because it doesn't have EQ. So, like, I can take the the one turn to roost and get mm. the free health, and then when I switch, it's not like I'm taking damage on the switch because he doesn't have EQ. And like, Stone Edge doesn't do any damage to me. Aerial Ace doesn't do any damage to me. E speed literally doesn't do any damage to me. Right. So no, I think that's 
his his Dragonite is useless essentially because it cannot do anything to uh, defensive Goldenko. So it's like were you, were you surprised that his Dragonite didn't have EQ? Uh, yes. If he <laughs> yeah, I just assumed it would, and then when it revealed Aerial Ace, it's like oh, obviously the last one's E Speed, so it's just walled by Goldengo. I was very surprised by the Aerial Ace. Um, I didn't think that was the the smartest choice. No disrespect. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it... Actually, I have no clue why he has it. It's obviously good against Meowskarada, but that's it. Like, it's super effective against Iron Hands, but so is EQ. Yeah, so it's kind of like... Uh, for me, it was just a really weird move to have. Um, Let's see what happens next. So this is where you switch out back to Goldengo. You take the Stone Edge... Mm-hmm. A grassy surge is really working against him. I think at this point, I realized that my Goldengo actually probably walls um, the Rillaboom because its only attack, its attack, the attack that it has that like scares me out is knockoff, mm-hmm. which won't one shot me. And then after he knocks off my leftovers, it does way so less damage. N- yeah. So I'm like, I still switch out. But I, but I have that in like the back of my head. Like, okay, I actually, by me, when I switch out, he's mm-hmm. thinking to himself, oh yeah, I'm forcing him to switch out because I have knockoff. But in reality, I know that that's not true. And I'm kind of just like letting him continue to believe he forces my Goldengo out so that later in the match, I can stay in on his knockoff and like nasty plot or uh, so recover or something like that. Is that to say that the sacrificing of Meowskarada was intentional? No, <laughs> this is the dumbest mistake I've ever made in my life. Okay. I looked at Miascarada and I was like, oh, I like, I looked on the calculator and I was like, oh, he one shots me with U-turn. Okay. Um, and then I was like, do I have protein? I looked at my abilities. I don't have protein. And then I was looking at my moves and I thought to myself, oh, I can just use spike and I'll turn into a ground type and I'll survive. <laughs> and then I click spike and then I immediately get one shot. And I was like, oh, that's right. I literally just told myself that i don't have protein so yeah Wait, that was really stupid was it intentional not to bring protein yeah protein sucks on sets that aren't uh choice band well it's a lot less good because like if you use a grass move you no longer have dark stab and if you have mm-hmm. a if you use a dark move you no longer have grass stab so okay and my mouse garata was not choice band although you never get to see that because the only move i click is spikes yeah, I I saw the spike and I was like, oh, I, I saw it. I thought Showdown was glitching because I was like, um, it it's not a ground type, and then it U turned yeah. and it said super effective, and I was like, it's not a ground type. Yeah. Um. So at this point, it looks like really rough because it's three v five. I'm not gonna but lie. My three Pokemon like, are really good. <laughs> I saw that 3v5, I was like, ooh. I was like, damn, why are you taking the first, his first loss? Um, so he goes into Dragonite. You go into Moltres. You switch mm-hmm. out to Goldengo. This is one thing that I feel like when I'm playing, mm-hmm. I often, like, I'll recognize, okay, uh, Dragonite doesn't do anything to my Goldengo at all. So obviously, 
I'm going to switch into it every time. Every time his Dragonite is out, I'm sending in Goldango 100% mm-hmm. of the time. And I feel like Deepav needs to like recognize that Goldengo walled me 100%. So every time my Dragonite's out, he's going to send out Goldengo. And so he should have been like doing double switches, right? Yeah. When his when his uh, Dragonite is against my Moltres, obviously I'm not letting my Moltres die to a Stone Edge. So he should double switch to uh, Torillaboom in that case. Or a double switch to Volcarona would have been really scary. Right. Um, but he doesn't do that. Like, I feel like double switching is a thing that I don't see people do enough. Um, but maybe that's just me. No, it definitely isn't. Um, I will double switch. Like, if I know, like, there's a Pokemon I have that walls you, and I know you're going to switch to a Pokemon, best believe I'm double switching because it's one of the most, like, underrated, like, strategies, but it's just, like, predict, counter, think ahead. It's not, it's not. And I think he would have. Because, like, he has a Dragonite against your Moltres a couple of times. You switch to Goldengo. He switches to Volk. Yeah, that is... Obviously, you're going to switch to Azumarill, most likely. Mm -hmm. Quiver Dance, Giga Drain. Yeah, I actually can't switch to to Azumarill because of the Giga Drain, so... Because you have huge power on it, didn't you? And not Sap Slipper. Yeah, see... So I like I'm watching that and I'm like, oh deep have if you would have switched to Volk, Quiver Dance, Giga Drain, you would have been a lot better. Like you could have controlled this a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. But what surprises me is uh, I'm on turn twenty one now. Mm-hmm. He you had Goldengo, he had Dra- uh, Dragonite, Stone Edge on that turn nineteen. Turn twenty, he sends out Rillaboom. Um, Rillaboom eats the paralysis from Goldango. Turn 21. He U turns on your nasty plot. Mm-hmm. Were you expecting that? Um, no, I think he was probably going to use knockoff. I think that was when I was gonna, I was planning on doing the like staying in on his knockoff. But then he just U-turned out, so I had to, so I had to leave. So is that, because Hoopa Unbound comes out, right? You're nasty plotted. You switch out to Moltres. He gets a knockoff out. This Hoopa Unbound was, like, definitely the scariest Pokemon. Yeah. Um, When I was doing calcs, I was looking at Choice Band Hoopa Unbound. I was like, oh, it, like, two hits my entire team. There's literally nothing I can do against it. Um, Thank God he brought choice scarf <laughs> if that was um because my my only switch into to it is uh moltres which is neutral to all of his attacks and not that physically defensive so if right. he was choice band it would have like torn my team apart but moltres did come in clutch with the flame body though uh yeah when when i got the flame body proc i like i didn't jump out of my chair but i was close to jumping out of my chair because that was the one this is the one pokemon that i was scared of and the flame mm. body proc like deletes it from existence so and then just watching the rest, you know, you take out Dragonite with the Hurricane. Hoopa Unbound comes back out. I know that Psychic had you scared. I know that Psychic <laughs> had you so scared. Yeah, <laughs> as, watching it right now, I just like recoiled a little bit. As it, seeing so much Moltres health go away like that. 
oh my goodness, it's mixed, which is actually even scarier for me because Moltres is mostly physically defensive. Oh yeah, it was mixed. Yeah, so I think though, now that it's burned, its physical attacks don't threaten Goldengo, so it's a lot less scary. Right. It's just, I honestly, I was like, if that was a crit, that was game. Mm-hmm. Like seeing that much health go down, I was like, oh my god, this thing is disgusting. But my plan for um, the Hoopa was mostly just like U-turn spam. Like yeah. I'll have U-turn on Moltres, I'll have U-turn on Don or uh, Cyclozar, and I'll have mm-hmm. U-turn on uh, Miascarada. And if I just if I just U-turn enough, then it'll be super difficult for him to switch in. And U-turn is four times super effective, so it's not like you know, it's not like it wouldn't have worked. Like honestly, it was yeah. a great, that's a great strategy. Um, so next up was Rillaboom versus Golden Go again. You use Hex. He finally uses knockoff after eighty years. Yeah, uh, and then you just recover. And at this point, I was kind of like, "Oh, that's game. It's it's all over from here, folks." Well, the problem is his Sneasler. I was expecting. Uh, the gold nugget fling sneezler um but he didn't have it thankfully like i think that might have been able to defeat goldengo what no no way i'm sorry hold on i'm just i'm actually okay i i know that's a great strategy right mhm i fucking hate when people do it though why it's, like it's my really good biggest pet peeve because i know they're doing that because they watched it on youtube mm-hmm. uh from mv or um joey and it's like it works in the latter i think more so than it does on what you would call it um draft league draft league yeah like, I feel like it I think does one of the, not work in draft. I think one of the reasons it's good on ladder is because Goldango is really common, and Goldango is immune to the fighting move of immune to Sneasler's fighting stab and immune to Sneasler's poison stab. Mm-hmm. So Sneasler needs some way of killing Goldango, which is really common on ladder. And Fling is a 130 base power duck type move, right? So that, and obviously, I'm bringing Goldango and using it to wall Sneasler in this matchup. So if he had, so he kind of like needs some way. Of breaking through the Goldengo. I think Fling would have done that. Like SD Fling and then a fighting move and a poison move. Oh, he didn't even need the SD. Fling would have. It's always a guaranteed Oko. Mm-hmm. And then he sends it in, and he only has a Night Slash, which is not going to do nearly enough damage. Yeah. So. I don't think he was really expecting to have to do Goldengo versus um, Sneasler, though. And I think that's what kind of like. Is what costs him the match. Yeah. Well, uh, mul- er, this Volgarona is still very strong. The miss on T Wave really sucks. What turn was that? Hold on. Oh, I'm on turn 33. 33, okay. Because I, for some reason. Alright, yeah. Um. Okay, Volcarona came out. The miss on the T wave, the fiery dance. The smart, the smart thing to do would have just attacked him. I, I should have just gonna... attacked him. 
you got so lucky. <laughs> Y'all both got so lucky with the uh, liquidation and the fiery dance. Kind of. Yeah. And the T-Wave miss. If the T-Wave hits, he is definitely dead. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's just like, he you use like six liquidations. I think I actually use seven. But yeah. Seven liquidations and seven an aqua liquidations. jet. And you still don't get the defense drop. Yeah. If he was parried, he would have been slower than me, and I would have gotten the liquidation off before he burned me, too. So that would have yeah. killed. Or it would have gotten really close to killing. So I'm and looking at it, right? I'm watching it. And you get the aqua jet off. And he's he a fiery dance. Yeah, he should have just. He should have used his. I think he should use his last morning dance or morning sun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you see the. When you see the, I want to go back really quickly. Two percent aqua jet. How mad were you? Um. I wasn't really mad because at this point, like earlier in the match, I kind of accepted the loss. So at this point, I was kind of just like, I was hyped. I was, um, there was a bunch of adrenaline in my body. Mm -hmm. So no anger, no just anger. hype. You're just, so you see yeah. the 2%. Um, and then mind you, okay, so if you were hyped then, right, Moltres goes <laughs> down, Moltres comes out fiery dance did you count that at all no there's so no point like, like you're like hey, my this... only the only attack i click is obviously flamethrower is going to kill it's two percent right and it's neutral and i'm not clicking hurricane obviously so i just the only i only calc things really if like i'm using it to decide between two things mm -hmm. obviously there was no decision between flamethrower and any other move so i just clicked it so you didn't even know if he would live the fiery dance, Moltres. Correct. Yeah. So I Moltres goes down to one HP. <laughs> <laughs> if it was me, I would have just scre I would have been screaming. Yeah, I think I was. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Cause like how hyped were you in that moment? Like you see it go down and you see it says lost 16% of its health it's on 1 HP how hype were you in that moment um I would say I was at like a 9 out of 10 I was very hyped fair that's so fair it, I I remember watching this and I even type in the I even type in the chat oh my fucking god and I remember grabbing like the person who was with me at the time. It was like, look at this. And they're just like, that has to be the most absolute luckiest thing in the world to happen. Like, insane. And then you win, obviously, with the flamethrower. Mm -hmm. What? For somebody who you go into this match, you're like, all right, I've accepted that I lost. Um,. What did it feel like? Uh, it felt really good because, like I said in the chat, 
Um, I don't need a Quagsire. I played that match like from behind. At one point, it was 5v3, and my Quagsire, which going into the match I thought was my most important Pokemon, was just like dead from the very beginning. So having winning that game from so behind felt really, really good. It was kind of like it confirmed that my team is well made, that kind of thing. I agree. I just wow, like I've I, in my multiple seasons, I've never seen anything like like surviving on one HP, one Pokemon left. I have never seen anything like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hats off to you because you really like from being down a five three with your most important mod of the match getting one shotted on turn one, and to come back from that is incredible yep that was a good match it's interesting having like one really good match that ends in a 1-0 health mm-hmm. and then the next week it's similarly good match but for a completely different reason it's because I 6 owed. that's a weird feeling going from like hair's edge to like you know knocking it out of the park the next week which one do you think was more satisfying? The 6-0 or the Hair's Edge? The 6-0 is definitely more satisfying because this one, it's like a combination of I team built really well and mm-hmm. I played really poorly. So it's kind of like a mixed bag, mostly good. But then in the second one, I was so, so scared of that Breloom. Um, And so when I finally killed it in the match, I was, it was like, euphoric <laughs> no fair I, I think I actually would have preferred like the edge just cause like your heart's pumping you're on the very edge but I can see like exactly especially if you were that threatened by the breadloom it's like dude my biggest threat is off the field like I got this like the win is in mm-hmm. hand yep awesome well you really don't have anything else and I think, you know, this has been a solid episode. Shout out to you for coming on and shout out for that amazing match. Uh, Like I Mm -hmm. said, that's match of the season. In my opinion, that's just match of the season. Um, Let me think. Any announcements? Oh, guys, week five is the deadline. So if you're going to be making any trades, any transactions, do it by the end of week five. Um... And yeah, anything else you want to say? Um, nope, not really. Alrighty. This has been another episode of the UBDL Singles Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Whitey, thank you for being on. Love to have you on. Um, if you guys are still interested, we do still have open slots on the Draft Winter Classic. Um, trying to put together, you know, the best UBDL team that we can, so please 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 if you want to join the team fill out the form we'd love to have anyone on and yeah i will see you guys next week hopefully i win my matches hopefully you know whitey wins his matches and gets that lock in for playoffs and yeah other than that y'all have a good one yo 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 hold on that might be loud as hell i'm gonna turn that down a little bit it is a UBDL, your boy Dre, coming at you live in the in the makeshift studio. 
And, um, let's think. Oh, why am I here, right? So, when we recorded the episode, we weren't able to go over matches of the week or, you know, kill leaders because, plain and simply, we forgot to do them. And enough matches I don't think had been played when I recorded it as, yeah, either, so yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, I have that shit for y'all, so I'm just adding in at the end. For the <laughs> MVPs, in A, Volcarona, Garganacle, and Salamence, fuck Salamence, uh, in B, Protegeist, Lycanroc, and Naklestack. I don't know how the fuck Naklestack got on this list, that shit kinda crazy, I'm not gonna hold you. And in C, we have Dragonite, Pursuing Electrode, and Glaring Articuno. Now, ooh, oh, uh, we gotta we gotta talk about you know the matches of the week for A League: Frost versus Knock Knock, whoop whoop whoop, Will versus Joe, whoop whoop whoop, and in Hydra versus Stu, big whoop whoop whoop. Um, oh, and before, bro, I completely forgot. We have some newcomers. I think we have Inhydra, Bandito, Aryan. Um, hold on, guys. I want to make sure y'all get a proper introduction because we didn't even, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even do that for real, for real. Um, so Bandino, Inhydra, Aryan. If I pronounce any of these wrong, let me know and I will correct it on the next episode. And Sunwaffle. Yeah, Sun Waffle. So yo, shout out to these four. Um Oh, actually, let's let's hold on, hold on. Shout out to these four, you know what I mean? Anyway, uh that's it for that. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Um Draft Winter Classic applications are closing soon, so if you want to participate, hey, sign up. We're gonna go over a final comprehensive list, pick the ten best, and do what it do. Alrighty, y'all have a good one. Peace.